doula, midwife, obstetrician, nurse, chiropractor, lactation consultant, massage therapist, acupuncturist, photographer, and anyone else who's involved in the modern birthing process. Welcome to the All About Doulaship podcast, where your host, Megan, talks about the business side of the birth world with other practitioners in the field, letting them tell their story, including their successes and failures, bringing us one step closer to being more connected, educated, and supported within our world. Thanks for listening. Today, we're here to welcome our guest, Dr. Ashley Jinkola, who is a fabulous chiropractor practicing in Western New York. Dr. Ashley completed her undergraduate degree at SUNY Brockport with a degree in health science, where she then continued onward to Palmer College of Chiropractic. She is currently a member of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association and is certified in the Webster Technique, allowing her to specialize in pregnancy, birth, infants, and children. We are so excited to welcome her today, so please welcome Dr. Ashley to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and be a part of the show. Well, thank you for coming. Um, I forgot to tell you that Rachel won't be here. We have decided that it's too hard for two of us to both have the same schedule and tie in another third person that we are recording with. So I'm going to be doing the main recordings from now on, and she's going to be doing stuff in the background. So, it'll just be me. Um, I guess what I'm going to start with is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background story, why you got into chiropractic, and especially in babies and stuff like that? Sure. So, I got into chiropractic when I was a teenager in high school. I had injured my lower back um, due to cheerleading. And um, my mom was seeing a chiropractor at the time, so I asked if I could see the chiropractor as well. And she took me, and I just got tremendous results. Um, Even though I went in for low back pain, I realized I didn't have headaches anymore, and everything in general was just functioning so much better. So I just really fell in love with the profession at the age of 15 years old. Um, So then I pursued on to chiropractic school and graduated, and then I tended to to lean more towards pregnancy and children when I myself got pregnant. Um, I have a two and a half year old now, so it's been about three and, a, three and a half years ago or so when I was pregnant, I just really learned more about chiropractic and pregnancy and how it can help. And then I also you know, dove more into the community of Western New York of doulas and midwives and all the other you know, holistic alternatives that there were. I thought I knew a lot prior to being pregnant, but then when I got pregnant, I realized I didn't really know as much as I thought I did. So then I I definitely dove into that a little bit more. And now, you know, I'd like to say I'm pretty well versed in the Western New York community as far as, you know, the doulas and midwives and, you know, different chiropractors even that can help and physical therapy um, offices that can help. So yeah, that's my story. (laughs) That's a great story. I mean, we all have our backstory, right? Um, Right. So I guess I want to ask you, so I know in general what a chiropractor can do for a pregnant woman and, 
children and infants and such, but can you explain to us as a person coming from no background of having no idea what chiropractors even do and how they can help babies and pregnant women and stuff like that? Sure. So the basic understanding of chiropractic is to make sure that the brain can communicate to the rest of the body. So we do that by checking the spine and if the spine is twisted or turned or bent a little bit, it's going to put pressure on the nerve and then that nerve is going to put pressure on wherever it's going to, whatever organ tissue muscle that it's feeding won't get the full communication from the brain to that area. So then it won't be working correctly. Most people realize this as pain, but it can come up as many, many other symptoms. So our main focus is really just making sure the brain can communicate to the rest of the body properly. Now, as far as pregnancy goes, um, the specific technique we talked about earlier that I'm um, certified in is the Webster's technique. So this really helps to make sure that the pelvis is balanced correctly. And when that's balanced correctly, it, it helps to make sure that's an easier, faster, quicker delivery for a baby. Um, the best way that this was explained to me is that if you're laying in bed and you're covered up in sheets and you have someone lay down on top of the sheets next to you, it's hard to twist and turn and move around. But if you take that person and they stand up off the bed, you can now move around freely. And that's what chiropractic does for the pelvis is really just making sure the baby can move freely and be head down and in the right proper position. Okay. Now, coming at it from a little bit of a different angle, we understand, at least I'm assuming we now understand from that beautiful explanation, um, what your goal is. When would you recommend a pregnant person to come in and see you? Um, well, at the beginning of the pregnancy, I mean, even before being pregnant, if they're trying to be pregnant, um, it, like I said earlier, it, it really helps to make sure everything's functioning and communicating properly. So if someone's struggling to get pregnant, oftentimes it'll help to make sure that the brain can communicate to the ovaries and the uterus and everything properly and get the, the proper nerve supply with that. Um, but yeah, you know, if I often have some patients that see me prior to the pregnancy and then throughout their entire pregnancy. So there's really not one specific point in time that they need to pick out. Now, do you have people come in after birth and get yeah, shifted oh yeah, around? Definitely. Yep, th that's huge. Um, a lot of moms, once they have the baby, you kind of go into mom newborn world and forget about everything else, <laughs> um, including yourself. That tends to happen. But yes, there is a thing called fourth trimester, which is three months after you have the baby, that your body goes through so many hormonal changes. Your body, uh, more importantly, your hips try to go back into place of where they were prior to birth. So it's really important to make sure that everything goes back into the right proper place. Um, a lot of new moms tend to strain their neck and their upper back because they're looking down, whether they're nursing or bottle feeding, changing diapers, or just looking at their cute new little baby. <laughs> they're, um, they're definitely straining a lot and can be causing a lot of issues in the, in the neck, upper back, and in the low back. So definitely recommend them to still continue care after the baby's born. Okay. Now, I just thought of a question from my, like, semi-biology background here. When a mama's pregnant, they have the, I think it's a hormone, the relaxin hormone that stretches out yeah. all the joints and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, a 
the Webster technique, I'm sure, takes this into consideration, right? Where it's like a safety thing where you don't want to overstretch or over exuberate something like that. Yes, definitely. And that's something I do talk about pregnant moms when they first start coming in is that relaxing hormone kicks in almost immediately and it just gets, you know, stronger as the pregnancy goes on. And so it'll definitely affect um, all parts of their body, not just the hips, but that's why a lot of um, pregnant people will get carpal tunnel um, and all sorts of other issues because those ligaments become so loose, um, which their main focus is trying to get those hips to widen and open for the baby to descend. But unfortunately, it does go throughout your entire body. Gotcha. I was thinking about, um, I hadn't really thought about carpal tunnel, but that makes sense. Um, I was thinking about supporting the feet because, yes, because a lot of people have like arch problems and things and their feet always expand. Mm-hmm. Huh. You're 100% right on that. Interesting. Yes. All these interesting things are, our bodies are made to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually really crazy how so many different factors tie into one biological process. It's just it's like your body broke your this one goal up into a, a million different tasks and it still accomplishes everything. It's crazy. Yes. And while you're still living mostly your everyday life. Right. You know, this is all happening. It's it's crazy, but so cool in the same aspect. You can really nerd out about it, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, I strongly believe women are superhumans because of that. You know, you can create a whole human and your body can go through all these different changes while you're still doing your everyday things that you would normally do throughout the day. Makes me think of the stereotypical um, saying that the woman can be weeding the field or something, have a baby and go right back to it. I don't know that I believe that they should be doing that, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. as a chiropractor, I'd probably disagree with that. Right. But they to. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, how about we veer off just a little bit and what is the youngest versus oldest person you've ever worked on? So the youngest person would be my two daughters, and they were just a couple hours old at that time. Um, minus my children, patient-wise, uh, probably a couple days old was the youngest. Um, I had some parents bring their children into me right on their way home from the hospital. And not that there was anything wrong with them, but they just wanted me to check to make sure that everything was correct so it didn't turn into an issue down the road. So with babies, it often turns into colic, acid reflux, um, not being able to turn their head to one side, not being able to latch properly. All these things can happen, which can relate to the spine being off of alignment, especially the top bone in their neck. Um, the oldest patient I have currently I have is 98 years old, but oh. the oldest I've adjusted is 104. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. The 104 year old lived at her in her own home. So she was, she was still rocking it. It was really cool to hear some <laughs> of her stories. That's crazy. Now yes. <laughs> with the, with the elder person, do you have to take that into consideration too? Are you kind of like thick, adjusting them like you would a baby because their their stuff is a little bit more uh, fragile? Or yes, 
Yes, definitely. So, yep, it's funny how being a child and being, you know, older, really they they simulate each other to certain extents. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I I definitely more gentle with um, with my older crowd of patients, just because you have to be because of osteoporosis and osteopenia and all these other things that can happen where their spine is more fragile. So. I do tend to adjust them somewhat similar, but definitely different than what I would do, you know, with a 30-year-old walking into my office. Mm-hmm. But I made sure to learn a, di- a lot of different types of techniques to to find what works best with each patient. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody requires something a little bit different. So I'm not about the, this is my one way and my one way only to adjust. I, I learned a handful of different ways just to try to find what works best for that specific person. That's good to hear though. It makes you a really good practitioner, right? Because you can't. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> <But yes. laughs> um, what, uh, kind of lost my question here. Oh, continue education. So you have to know a lot if you're I said that in general, you're specializing in children, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. you, within our conversation, you've said that you've practiced on the wide range, like clearly a wide range of age-wise and activity and stuff like that. So you have to really know a lot of different stuff because you don't know if this elderly person is starting with osteoporosis or if this person... So you really have to do a lot of continuing education, don't you? I'm sorry, I, I accidentally put you on hold, so I, I missed it. <laughs> well, I, no, you're fine. I, I did hear, I, I know a wide array of things and about continuing education. Yes, so I basically just said that you have a wide range of patients and you need a background knowledge of a bunch of different conditions so that you're not adjusting poorly, right? So do you, That's correct. you have like, a bunch of different continue education classes that you have to take or do you just learn for fun or how do you um, keep up both. on that? <laughs> yep, a, little, a little bit of both. So I do have to take 36 continue education um, credit hours every three years. So it works out to be about 12 credit hours a year. Um, so a lot of that I do take through what you stated earlier, the ICPA, which is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. And that does gear more towards pregnancy and children. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there is other stuff, you know, as either as things come into my office or as I hear of different things, you know, I totally will nerd out and start doing some research on it so I can better just be more knowledgeable in it and, and what's happening with either that particular patient of mine or a friend or family member or something, you know, that someone just had asked me if I knew some, you know, what something was. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have, I'm assuming you do have some kind of chiropractic group or um, something to that effect where all of your chiropractic nerdiness can get together and share notes (laughs) and stuff? (laughs) Yes, definitely. So, well, the first thing is um, the office that I rent space from currently, there's three other chiropractors in my office. So it's fantastic just to have them. The two chiropractors graduated in the late 80s, early 90s. 
Um, there's another chiropractor. She graduated in 2003, and then I graduated in 2010. So we have a wide range of when we graduated, mm-hmm. which is awesome because it's a wide range of knowledge, you know, of you know something that the guys that they learned in you know the early 90s can be something completely different than I learned when I graduated in 2010. So we share that all with each other, which is just a phenomenal atmosphere to be in. Um, besides that, there is a group that we try to get together about once every other month of just local Western New York chiropractors and meet up and just talk about chiropractic. And like you said, kind of, you know, nerd out on that. <laughs> <laughs> we always have to have those groups to get together. That's the kind of oh, how you stay up to date in... Exactly. And it helps kind of fuel the fire still too, you know, of why you got into what you got into. And it helps to hear other people's stories of either how they're doing business or things that are working for them or just different patient stories that they've seen. You know, there's so many different aspects of it, which I'm sure you probably see a little bit with, with being a doula when you get together with other doulas, Mm -hmm. you know, it just does nothing but help to help each other grow and become bigger and better. Right. Like, you may not have personal experience in something, but then when you have a client come up and talk to you about it, you're like, oh, I talked with my other friend about this. And if you need more information, you know where to go to and where to start, right? Exactly. Okay. Well, I super enjoyed this nitty-gritty chiropractic background stuff. Um, let's shift gears a little bit and go into the business side of... Okay your business um first question easy question i think um what is a personal habit that keeps you on your a game i would say that is being positive um i've really learned that the more positive your mindset the better it helps you throughout all aspects of life not just my business but you know family life and um, personal life and dealing with all other things, but definitely business as well. Um, just having that positive attitude changes everything, you know? So if something goes wrong or something doesn't go the way you planned, um, for me in particular, if insurances are, you know, being a big pain in the rear end with wanting to pay something, you know, you just kind of say, okay, that's okay. Let's just keep plugging along. Let's just keep going. Things will come around. You know, if you start to look in the negative and really get down on yourself or down on, um, you know, just anything in general, it can really start to bring things down both personally and in the business. So I just really focus on staying positive. Positivity grows positivity and negativity grows negative. Negativity. 100%. Yep. What you I can think agree. about, you yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, I can totally agree with that. It definitely is difficult though, when it really does feel that way, everything's mm-hmm. going negative for you. Do you have any kind yep. of, um, like affirmations or I don't know, like keywords where you're like, Oh, I'm thinking super negative right now. Let's, let's re regroup into the positive aspect of things. Not necessarily. Um, sometimes, you know, I just, I will allow myself, you know, a chunk of time to be upset about it or, you know, depressed about it or kind of get into that little funk, but I only allow myself a certain allotted amount of time. Like, okay, you have an hour to kind of dwell on this. Mm -hmm. And then when the hour's over, that's it. You're done. Move on. 
So, you know, sometimes depending on the situation, I'll, I won't give myself more than 24 hours because <laughs> sometimes things do need a little bit more time to kind of dwell and, you know, fester in, but yeah, I, I definitely will not give myself more than a day. And then I just say, okay, today's a new day. It's a new start. Let's get going. Let's get moving and shift gears. So that's my, my biggest thing. Um, something I just recently heard in a podcast is, you know, with every negative thought, just try to immediately replace it with a positive thought. So you can kind of train, retrain your brain to stop thinking negatively and mm-hmm. just start replacing it immediately with, with anything positive. That's a good, I guess as soon as you, with the super negative people, they might not recognize that they're having negative thoughts, but if you're like on your way and you're actively working on it that's a really good really good advice I like that right yes it's definitely difficult to do but once you start becoming in habit of it it's fantastic Mm -hmm. I just want to go back real quick to I want to sum up your your 24-hour rule as a you allow yourself to feel your feelings and then you have to you know move on um and I totally agree with that also, I enjoy that you give yourself up to 24 hours, but you like to try to, like, there's a difference between, like, your 14-year-old dog dying and the insurance right. is not coming through. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I mean. It depends on the situation. Right. Most things I like to do, you know, a few hours at the most, but, you know, other things, sometimes it's like a, it's like half hour. I'm like, okay, you're done. You're over it. Like, move on. Yeah. So it just depends. It depends all on the situation. Exactly. So, Sorry, my, my two-year-old wants me to move the, the coffee table so she can continue building a fort. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear her in the background, that is what is happening. That's completely okay. <laughs> I currently have a train going by. <laughs> you know, the struggles in life. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what is the favorite, your most favorite thing about what you do? It is being able to help people. Um, Again, kind of going back to, you know, whether it's a personal um, thing that it's helping with or something within their work that they're able to work better, but just making them function overall better changes so many different aspects of their life. Whether they weren't able to sleep due to pain or they were having acid reflux or migraines and so they weren't able to, you know, come home and hang out with their family because they had to go right to bed because they were dealing with so many different issues. Being able to help them function and live better, which then fault flows into every aspect of their life that they're just a happier, healthier person is by far, you know, the, my, my most favorite part of the job. Do you have a favorite like winning story that's tied with that? So because this is a doula podcast, I'll, I'll relate specifically to um, dealing with a pregnant patient. I had a mother who was in and she had an, a toddler. I want to say, I, I think uh, she was two at the time while she was pregnant. And she came in holding the walls and not really being able to walk very well. And as we started the exam, she started crying to me because she can't play with her child anymore. She was in excruciating low back pain from being pregnant. Um, and she just really couldn't care for her 
two-year-old and she was really upset by it because obviously one not being able to play with the child but two the guilt of having another child added into the family and that child isn't going to be an only child anymore Mm -hmm. um so she was really upset by it but after a handful of adjustments we got her feeling better doing so much better that she was able to be on the floor with her her two-year-old now and play and crawl and lift the two-year-old and and put the two-year-old to bed so you know she was extremely grateful and thankful that she was able to to function again because she was at a point where she just thought this is just how I'm going to have to live out the rest of my pregnancy so to help her with that and help her enjoy her pregnancy and her two-year-old was just awesome to see that's great I can't even imagine because if you're in that much pain while you're pregnant, what you're already starting starting at your max, right? When you're going into labor, right? Where where are you at? Where are you gonna go right, <laughs> from that's there? A very scary. Thought. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh no, this is where I'm at already. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening next. <laughs> exactly. Like, and then that just. I'm thinking of all the interventions that could possibly happen because you're already at your mat. Like you, there's nowhere for you to go. Like you can't. Right. <laughs> all you of know, the interventions. You're right on that. Yes. Goodness. <laughs> and this is why we have chiropractors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, at what time during your career was this story? Were you pregnant? Were you not pregnant? Were where were you at? As far as I did not have any children yet. Oh, so I was not pregnant and I did not have my kids. So I didn't quite understand the extent of it. I mean, I obviously had sympathy and empathy for her, but, um, once I got pregnant with my second child and I had myself, you know, a one and a half year old at the time when I was pregnant with my second, I realized the extent of what she went through, you know, so that definitely that story kind of came back and crept back up into my mind when I was going through that. I'm like, man, I can't imagine not having this, you know, not, not being able to play and, and deal with all of that. So I kind of, you know, took it to heart a little bit more after, Mm -hmm. after the fact. And I, when I kind of went through it. Yeah. It brings a whole different level to your practice, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, definitely. A hundred percent, which is why I think it also is great that I'm I've gotten more into the pregnancy and children because it helps when you kind of are related to that and you can understand it and, and help a mom through it. So hold on just a second. Sorry, we're, we're watching TV shows to help distract so I can keep talking. (laughs) I totally get it. Yes. Uh, Blanket forts and TV are fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So that was your favorite thing. What is your least favorite thing about your whole entire practice? Um, I would say probably the business aspect of it. And the reason being is I got into the profession to be able to help people. Um, So learning the business part of it and wearing that business hat is not something I was fully ready for and or wanted to do. (laughs) I just want to, you know, I want to walk into an office, help people, adjust them and be on my way. 
but learning that I have to also run a business on top of things and how to run a business. It's almost like I, I should have taken a whole separate um, and gotten a whole separate degree in business. So that's been the most difficult part is just learning how to be a business. Sorry, everybody, a train's going by really slowly. So we're really going on the horn there. <laughs> Letting you know it's there. <laughs> um, so did you take, while you're in school, any business classes or anything to that effect? They did. Yes, we, we took some classes. Um, we did take, I think it was like a one class every semester, which ended up being 10 semesters. But they had to keep it very brief because um, all of us students were going to different states. And each state requirement was so different that they couldn't dive into each individual state. So they just kind of kept it more surface level business wise. So I, I did learn some things, but I, I'd have to say now that I've been in it for eight years, we did not learn enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, did, did, did you have a mentor or something? How did you figure that all out? Just yeah, trial so and like, error? <laughs> part of it is trial and error for sure. Um, the other part is, like I said, I'm so grateful for this, that I, I'm renting space out of another office, mm-hmm. out of chiropractors that have been there for, um, you know, almost 30 years now. So they have taught me a lot of what they've learned and, you know, their trials and tribulations that they had to go through. Um, thankfully, I had that to kind of lean on. And then again, like I said, when we we might ugh, we meet with other chiropractors every other month or so, and learning what is has been working for them, what hasn't been working for them, we share a lot of that information because we're all kind of in the same boat where we got into this profession to help people. In the business aspect, we're not really, not too many of us are strong in. Mm-hmm. So being able to kind of share that with one another has been huge. Yeah, I would imagine. Because that's especially the same. in New York State. <laughs> yeah. Oh, believe me. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like it's the same way with coming from a doula side of things. Because one, officially, as of 2018, you don't have to be a certified doula to practice as a doula. So then you're literally just an independent contractor. How do you, if you're filing taxes? Because sometimes people don't. Um, mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you, what paperwork are you filling out? How are you keeping track of your money? Like all of that stuff, you can like nothing. And then the certifications that we go through, um, the one that I personally went through, it, I don't even know. I think the most businessy side of what we did was writing your elevator speech and posting things on social media. That was it. That's, That's the thing. <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah. I, I personally have um, a degree in environmental studies and have a minor in business. So I have a little bit more of a head start, I would say. But coming from, I would really like it if, say, high school students or younger adults became doulas. They need more than what they are getting. Oh, I would so, definitely agree. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, in, in any type of business that you're going into, 
you know, I would highly suggest taking, almost getting your master's in a business class, just so you know all the ins and outs, so you don't have to learn by trial and error and dealing with, you know, all that nonsense or having to pay somebody to do it for you. Yeah. And then you have to find like, for instance, a, a trusted accountant, you have to trust that accountant and then you have to pay the accountant and then what? (laughs) Yep. It just leads into so many other things. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy. All about the mentorship. Everybody find a mentor. (laughs) I agree. I highly agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So I guess, where are we at here? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Um, if you could go back, this kind of ties into what we were talking about. If you could go back, what would you tell your younger self in relevance to your business now? Well, it'd be exactly what we just talked about. <laughs> Take more <laughs> business classes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely, um, you know, be able to just learn more about the business mindset mindset of it. You know, I, I love what I do and I was very knowledgeable in what I was doing as far as working for a chiropractor before I even went to chiropractic school. So I knew a lot of like how to run the front desk and that aspect of it. But, you know, it, it took a long, really long time and I'm still learning too on, on how to properly run a business via, you know, doing social media and those at that aspect and also making sure that you do, um, oh, I'm sorry, hold on. My daughter is asking for her blanket. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Um, and then also, you know, taking the aspect of learning like how to do taxes properly and how to record everything, how to get a, um, you know, how to hire somebody and what aspects you need to, to do to cross your I's and dot your T's to make sure that it's perfectly correct. So the IRS doesn't come after you, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) just really, really taking business classes and learning all those little minor details that add up into huge details on, on your business, because you can be the best chiropractor, the best doula in the world, but if you're not doing things correctly, either people, one may not know about you or two, you know, you, if you're not, if you're not doing it correctly, you know, the IRS or yeah, know, somebody, major consequences. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now going back to what you just said, you have a little bit of a head start because you're working at a chiropractor's office. Um, before you even went into chiropractic school. So do you think that that was really, really helpful? Because did they stay as a semi-mentor for you if they knew that you were going into? It's actually the office that I rent space from now. Oh. Is the office that I worked at. So Nice. That really worked out for you. (laughs) (laughs) It did. But it did help me a lot as well. Um, Again, just learning how to run the front desk part of it. So then when I came to the point where I opened up my own practice, even though it was through them, it was, it's my own separate practice. Mm -hmm. Um, it helped me that I didn't have to hire somebody right away because I knew how the proper, you know, protocol and procedures on how to do things to make the office run effectively. So by the time I needed to hire somebody, 
you know, I, I got by with just myself for a while until I could really get my business up and moving where I could really afford to have, you know, the payment of having an employee. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that would be hard if you need a receptionist, but you can't pay for one. And then, Oh goodness. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people <laughs> run into, you know, they need the help, but they can't quite afford it just yet. Mm-hmm. You know? So again, it goes back to learning the business protocol of it and how just how truly important that is yeah and they're not even so I have a younger sister she just graduated high school um I don't know that they taught her how to write a check so like that's that's where the high schoolers are coming from wow yeah that's where my concern is (laughs) I guess you know, the new and upcoming thing is doing everything That's true. online. That's true. But I still, you know, you still need to learn how to write a check for what, whatever it may be. You know, I pay my employees with checks and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I you guess should... they're not just as common anymore, but right? you still need to know how to do that. <laughs> you should at least know where they are, like what they are. Right. Like you... right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Let's ask the marketing question. If you awoke tomorrow in a new city and your food, shelter, and a computer were taken care of, what would you do with $300 to restart your business? Okay, so I think what I would do, would I already have an office or would I not have an office? You would not have an office. You just have your your home or, I don't know, you're renting a room and you already have that money covered. So I would probably get a used chiropractic table and put it out. Well, hopefully, I don't know if I'd be in Western New York if I'm in Western New York. I don't know how this but I put it outside during the summer months in Western New York. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if it was wintertime, I would wait till the summertime came. You know, those three months of summer that we get here. Yes. <laughs> But I would put it outside and just start adjusting family members, friends um, on it. So then when people, you know, are walking by or wondering what I'm doing, what's happening, you know, why am I adjusting a child? How is the adjustment working? You know, and just start sparking people's interests that way. So people start talking and, and questioning what's happening, what's going on. So I think that would start the, the talk going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having people kind of just slowly gather around and trying to figure out what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And then once that word starts to spread, people are like, oh, I didn't realize you can actually adjust kids. I know someone who has a child who has an ear infection. You know, is that something you can help? Or, you know, oh, I didn't realize, you know, my mom gets migraines, you know, and you're adjusting your mom for a migraine. That's great. Can you help my mom? And just slowly starting that word of mouth. I find that the word of mouth is is one of the strongest advertising things that there, there is out there. Mm-hmm. Now, once you got that word of mouth going, would you then, cause you're on the street with a bunch of people networking, mm-hmm. how would you then go from on the street to in an office? Because do you start charging on the street where you were before just offering well, free I don't advice? Know. 
if I legally could do that, right? <laughs> I would look into it, see if I could hopefully not lose my license over doing that. Again, right? the business part of it, but it's important to know <laughs> what you can and can't do. Yes. But if it was legal, yes, I would do that. And then from there, um, I would also go ask the patient, you know, or not necessarily the patients, um, but also the people watching and observing, you know, to take pictures and review it on social media and the people that I'm adjusting friends, family, and, you know, whoever else I'm adjusting out, out in the streets that, you know, make sure you go on and, and post to either Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be about this experience again, because social media is becoming a huge Mm -hmm. way of advertising now and any free advertising you can do on there, you know, the better. Do you, do you only free advertising? Do you pay for advertising on your social media? As of now, I've only done free. Um, I've been looking into the paid, but mm-hmm. there's so many different avenues to go down um, that I haven't quite tackled it yet. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> I completely understand. It's a little overwhelming. Yep. And um, especially chiropractic wise, I'm not sure doula wise, but we have to be very careful on our wood wording with advertising. Mm. Um, we cannot say that we cure or treat specific things, oh, which so I completely you, like, agree with. Yes. Yeah, so you can't say I, I help, you know, I can help turn your breech baby. Right. They won't let me state that. You know, I could say I'm Webster certified, which in turn helps to make sure your hips are aligned. So it's a faster, easier delivery. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's not as eye catching to people. They want to see those. Oh, my gosh, I have a breech baby. I want someone who's Webster certified. This woman says she is. I want her. Right. You you end up at the at the lower end of the research versus at the top. Correct. If that makes Correct. sense. So, yep. So I'm, I could I'm still see. Yeah, I can see how that'd be a little frustrating. <laughs> yep. Because they don't want you to say things like, "Because you're a doctor, and then you can't right. fix and everything, but you can try." Exactly. And but you, you have know, to going get back to yeah. Chiropractic helps with so many different things. You know, chiropractic never treats or cures anything, right? But it can help with things. So. um so yeah, that's the kind of, you know, where, where you run into some issues. So yeah. Yes. What I, that's do... why I haven't done any paid things. <laughs> <laughs> totally get it. Um, what do your co-chiropractic office people say? Do you conversate about social media with them? Yeah, a little bit. So, um, the guys that have been in there the longest, you know, the about 30 years, they do have a Facebook page for their group. Um, you know, they definitely are trying to be active in it. Um, I just noticed that they're not as up to date as what things are going on now are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be as good as I can be, but even I feel like I'm not quite up to date with, <laughs> with some things as well, because things are, you know, there's always something new and up and coming and, learning yeah. so much about social media it can become overwhelming if you're not doing it yourself personally on an everyday basis and learning about it well I mean and you have a life outside of trying right. to <laughs> advertise on social media and then on top of that social media is purposely made so that you get sucked into it and oh, hours of time <laughs> go away <laughs> 
they're really, really good at that. I've actually, uh, I laugh about that because my husband and I have just talked about that recently. I've learned to, I keep telling him when I get home from work, I put my phone down and I don't touch it again until right before I go to bed and I give myself like five, 10 minutes and that's it. Because otherwise it gets so easy, like you just said, to get sucked into that black hole of, I'm just going to look at one thing and then an hour later you're still scrolling right your phone you're like what am i even doing yeah how did i even get to this part i don't understand all of a sudden you're watching like dogs running around in circles on youtube you're like i i was like started out on instagram here where did where did i go i know how did i even get here i don't know (laughs) um okay so we're about up on time. I guess we'll ask my last little questions here. Um, Pearls of Wisdom, favorite quote, and a book recommendation. All right. So, well, the Pearls of Wisdom will we'll go back to what kind of helps me on an everyday basis, which is staying positive. Um, really trying to remain positive every day, changing those negative thoughts to positive thoughts. And if you really do need to be negative, allow yourself only a certain amount of time and then flip that switch and, you know, grind your gears and keep keep going and moving forward. Um, my favorite quote is, whatever you are, be a good one. And my favorite book recommendation, it's a new and upcoming one that every female I feel like has read and talked about. <laughs> it is Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. And that it's... Um, it's a book that's really, you know, a self-motivator and, and has you kind of look in at yourself and the different lies that we tend to tell ourselves and, you know, realizing that it's okay to be honest and real with yourself and out, you know, in the world. It's really, um, today, just fun fact, the day's almost over by the time we're recording this, um, (laughs) but today is, I forget what the official title is, but like National Day of the Girl or something to that effect, where it's all about oh, cool. girl empowerment and education and to that effect. So it's super cool that your book recommendation is really relevant. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. So if, if people don't know that I think that I did that on purpose. I had no idea it was that day. <laughs> Uh, the only reason why I knew, casual social media got lost in yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> okay. So, my very last question is for you to tell our listeners where you are, um, business information-wise, like website, location, whatever you want to share if they want to get in- connected with you. Sure. Thank you for that. So my office is located in Amherst. I am on the corner of North French and Sweet Home right by the um, Banchetti's or UB North campus area. Um, You can find me on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook at Gleason Family Chiropractic. And my website is gleasonchiropractic.com. All righty. That's fantastic. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for taking your time and half distracting your daughters. <laughs> we can talk today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I loved being on here, so I appreciate it. And that-
that concludes another episode of the All About Doodleship podcast. If you want to know more about me, the podcast, or anything else I do, please visit embracingmothers.com. I'm also on Facebook at Embracing Mothers or at AAD Podcast, so feel free to come say hi. The music you've heard played here is Blue Dragonish by The Underscore Orchestra. Find them at freemusicarchive.com. This episode was published by me and made possible by you. So thank you all for listening and feel free to come join us for the next interview where we get down and dirty into the business of being a birth worker.